What's happening, weirdos? This is the incredible Ethan Suplee, who you may know from things like My Name is Earl, American History X, Kevin Smith movies. I personally know him from life, but I'm also most, most admiring most admiring of his uh, his life transformation, his body transformation. Ethan was a very, very, very big person, and he lost 300 pounds. But not only that, he's gotten an incredible shape, a journey that he has chronicled on his own podcast, American Glutton, which is an incredible podcast. I, I think I happen to be the most current guest as well, so you can listen to me and Ethan chatting there as well. We get into all sorts of wonderful things, his life, his life philosophy. He's a very, very deep interesting guy and a very talented guy and a, and a lovely friend. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this episode. Thank you for tuning, tuning in. You didn't really tune in, did you? You just you click something. If you want to see me do stand-up, go to PeteHolmes.com. I am going to be in Houston, Texas this weekend and a lot more tour dates all on PeteHolmes.com. And once a month, I am in Los Angeles doing my show, my residency at Largo. Go to Largo-LA.com if you're going to be in Los Angeles and want to see me do stand-up. May the 4th, Star Wars Day, is the next Living at Largo. So hope to see you there or hope to see you on the road in your hometown town. And if you like this show, as always, why not try a Pete's pick? Just one Pete's pick up top, which is here. I'm showing it to the video people. This is my Apollo Neuro. As you guys know, I'm crazy about my Apollo Neuro. I'm always talking about it. It is a wearable piece of tech. I wear it on the inside of my wrist that delivers vibrations that speak to your nervous system in a language that it can understand, basically simulating the feeling and the sensation of like a wearable hug that you, it's basically touch therapy to help you feel safe and in control. You can wear it on your wrist or your ankle and those gentle soothing vibrations train your nervous system over time. And really the first time you use it, you start feeling it to recover and rebalance after stress. There's different settings for energy, feeling social, feeling clear, calm, focused, rebuild and recovery, wonderful recovery after stress or physical recovery, calm, which is a great setting for meditation, relax, which is what I put it on at night when I'm trying to unwind and turn my brain off, and my favorite setting, fall asleep, which gently lulls you to sleep and lulls you back to sleep if you're like me and sometimes wake up in the middle of the night. It's a wonderful chemical-free way to get better sleep, better rest, better relaxation, and also it's a caffeine-free way of getting more energy, more focus, and more drive, which is awesome. It trains your nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works, and it's not woo-woo. I always say this. It was developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist who have been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 50 years and Apollo's effects on stress, sleep, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. It's absolutely changed mine and Val's life. We've given it away to dozens of people. Uh, absolutely a big life-changing and a life hack, a life hack and helping us cope with stress. So show your support for the show, show your support for your body and your nervous system. You can get 10% off at apolloneuro.com. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-U-R-O.com slash weird and get a wearable hug on your wrist or your ankle and help you cope and deal with the stress that life throws at you with wearable technology. All right, everybody, that's it up top. Enjoy my chat with my friend, Ethan Supley. Get into it. Soups. Oh. 
There you are. Yes. Soups. Motherfucking Pete Holmes. Soups. What's going on, dude? Are you home? I, by the way, I've been home for one day and I got a sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been in Toronto. It's sunny here. You're in Florida? Yeah. Florida? Florida? Five minutes in Florida and I've got a sunburn because yeah. Toronto bleached me of melanin, I guess. Yeah. Well, also gave me depression. I don't know if it gave me depression, but like since being home, the first thing I did today, I thought of you. I did a little coldy. I did a little icy. <laughs> yes. And uh, I was like, God, I got to watch it. Like, I'm always telling people to do it. Maybe some people just don't want to do it. <laughs> when we talked about it, you, remember you said, I'm sweating. I got it's. By the way, even you just saying this right now, there's such Forget a it. fear. It's so crazy. Yeah. And, you know, because I haven't done it, I haven't been home in a week and I hadn't done it in a week. And just a week away from it made it like a new, like fresh yeah. and painful anew. So right. I got in it and I was like, this is what you're telling people to do. Like, I wasn't like, <laughs> right. you weren't right. Like a month from now, you're going to just be like, no, it's wonderful. Back to that. Yeah. But it was good. It was, I'm sure you're, maybe you can relate when you haven't worked out or whatever in a while and you go, oh, this is really hard. I, I don't think you really do that anymore. <laughs> but like back when you did, I'm at that place with that. I'm like, I got in and immediately thought of you, but I was in the sun. That was part of it. I was like, yeah. it was um, old Huberman. Andrew Huberman was like, the first thing you should do for your metabolism, for your mood and everything is get sun sunlight. in the eyes. Yeah. Sun in the eyes. No yeah. sunglasses. Get it in the eyes. Yeah. So I, I'm fortunate that this is an overshare, but my bathroom, I can open the window so the sun is coming in. So like everybody's doing their, like I, I do a journaling thing in the morning on my phone. And so I just take a long sit pee. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that maybe turns into a dumper root. We don't know. Right. We don't know. Like it's the luxury that ladies enjoy because ladies are always sitting. They get, they're like, Oh, I didn't know I had to take a shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just happening. It's a, it's, it's a bonus. That's what shit happens means. Actually. We thought it meant bad things happen, but it's actually right. ladies seating. It's, good. it's nice. You feel better, <laughs> but I get that sun. And when we were in Canada, I was like, it's not a foregone conclusion that you live in a place where that exists. That's where like seasonal effective lights and all that sort of stuff has to come into play. Because I was hurting for it, yeah, real bad. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, you know, we were staying in a downtown area, but even like New York is sunnier than Toronto. It's At least the time of weird. year, yeah. <laughs> I kept saying that, and they were like, "Well, in the summer it's sunny," and I was like, "Oh, right, of course, I guess." And towards the end of our filming, it started to get sunny, but I. I'm a little bit that way. I'll every, if I go to Toronto six times mm -hmm. and it's overcast the whole time, I'll just go ahead and assume it's overcast the whole year. Yeah, I, it, <laughs> it's more it's, it's more weird because even where <laughs> even on days where it wasn't like cloudy, it wasn't sunny. It's so it's yeah. so foreign to my yeah. experience. The sun just skips it. The sun yeah. just doesn't go over Canada. Yeah, but what that does to you, and I actually wrote it down. I've never talked to you. And we're recording. That's okay, right? You're, okay, you're, yeah. You're this, I mean, we're, you? we're we're getting weird. <laughs> I already talked about how women, I think, take more dumps because every time they pee, they sit down. Right, and and, and I think that <laughs> they're hopeful. Also, there's a hopefulness. Yes. In it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, this yeah. going to happen? It could happen. They're just yeah. more. 
in the flow. And I think right. it's just because they're sitting down to pee. We thought it was yeah. estrogen. We thought it was conditioning or culture or childbirth or whatever it is. It's yeah. because they're sitting down to pee. Yeah. I, you know, I have four daughters and a wife and now a granddaughter. So I'm surrounded by women. Yeah. And it was uh, decades ago that I began regularly sitting down. I understand the yeah, morning no, I understand. sit down, you're tired, you're half asleep, Ethan. but there was something about like just the, just the act of re-lowering the toilet seat for me. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to cut out the middleman. I'm just going to sit. And I've had like super macho friends who uh, yes, yes. desire this to be a, a, a state of emasculation, right? You're sitting to pee. How dare you? Ethan, simply, first of all, I'm going to cut you to the end. Me too. I'm already yeah. there. I'm already I, there. But I, I love prefer the man. It. Of course. Why stand when you can sit, which I believe hey. Queen Elizabeth said about baths. I'm yeah. saying about urination. It's the best. And also it's sort of nasty. It's just sort of nasty, like draining a hose, getting it everywhere, splashing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this piss. Yeah. <laughs> so just I, like, uh, lay it I'm off. Gonna, I, I, I don't even know that my wife knows this and, and she would be very angry but fuck it we're sharing and we're weird um i will occasionally go outside yeah to pee standing up that's a difference and i go like i'm, I'm i am man now yes. and i'm doing something super rugged and yes some, you know that is a special thing val was in the bathroom just this morning and i really had to pee and i briefly was like do i give myself the outdoor glory right do i give myself there's a national lyric. Actually, I think it's on the Elvi. It's Matt Burninger from the National. And he says, um, there's a lyric about his dick being in sunlight and that being yeah. like the greatest thing. And I it's was like, so good. Yeah, there really is something special about just like outdoor. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I almost did that. That I'm glad I still have because yeah. that's the correct use of outdoor pee. But I indoors, so. I also just love that you can do it without disrupting like like any flow, like flow, like yeah. Val and I are talking and I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm peeing and it's not, it, it's not even really acknowledged. It's no, just like a, it's just like, a thing. It's like a I've lesbian a relationship. Yeah. Basically. I mean, uh, we watch blossom at night. We're both sitting to pee. We love chatting more than I love like <laughs> yeah. layering the, the toilet is mine in the animal kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? yeah. I love, but I love that you, as a symbol, like you've become like a masculine. Everyone expects me to admit that. I love the uh, already a great episode for me that you joined me in we the celebration of it. It's Listen, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's. I think that there's some part of me that at home. It, yeah. It may, yes. It this makes, isn't at home thing. It seems to me to be more hygienic. You yes, know, there's there's course. less splash happening. Of course. Of um, course. You know, it, it if saves a, me the trouble of raising and lowering a seat. It It's the lazy man's choice. It's also just the smart man's choice. And once I'm in the wild, if I'm in like a park bathroom or something, it's, it's a, it's a joy to not have to press my hands on that disgusting porcelain. Sure. That's, that's what it's for. Sure. God knew what he was doing. He's like, it, surely the male of the species will still sit to urinate <laughs> right. unless he's in a park bathroom that's right. why the option is there. right where even if i had to go number two it would crawl back up inside me at the that's site right. of a public bathroom we're not doing it no. we're not doing it that is no. so funny here's my i did want to know about florida but now i'm thinking about this 
we're not doing the Ethan Suplee, like, tell me about your journey. Like, I, uh, it, it exists. People can find your motherfucking yeah. journey. <laughs> the journey's out there. Here's what I want. But but here's what I want to know. And a little bit of my um, appreciation of your journey is baked into the question. Okay. Is you've become a person. And I told you this when I did your podcast. But like, when I don't want to work out, and everybody knows it's embarrassing. I always say it's embarrassing because I'm new at it. So it's 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 embarrassing to be new at something. But I, that I've in the past year started lifting weights. And sometimes I don't want to. And I think it's a really special compliment that you're one of the disembodied heads that floats in my consciousness. It's a that, massive compliment for it me. It is, right? Yes. yes. I, I hope you, because I don't want you to think it's weird. I'm trying to I, say you've become an avatar for like, and imagine how many thousands of people, thousands of people. You're changed. The ripple of this is huge. And then my my, I'd love to hear your comment on that. But I also want to know who are the disembodied heads <laughs> floating around. Because uh, one last little thing: you and I were on set, fucking Pepperidge Farm, motherfucking goldfish, every goddamn <laughs> where. Skittles and loose Skittles and bowls. Fuck you, loose Skittles right. and bowls. It is not done. It is today. It's like sobriety. It's today. Yeah. Ethan Suplee did something great, but it's today. And I want to know a little bit of the uh, of the system that you got going that keeps you on this path. Yeah, I, I, the system. Uh, many many years ago, I was very frustrated um, in life, and 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 I mean like. Uh, short temper and annoyed and i had these ideas of right and wrong in the universe and hmm. um I, I then started to like really look into that like you know how do we discover what is right and wrong in the universe and it very quickly came became evident that it was all subjective and hmm. it, and if it's all and, and you know we now have like the the great pastor uh, Will Harris, Sam Harris, yeah. Sam Harris, the great uh, religious pastor, Sam Harris, who will say over and over and over again, we need, we need, we need, right? And to me, that's religious. That mm. is a, a position which requires a value, which cannot be objectively right or wrong. But, you know, if I look at everything as like, this guy's talking about chocolate ice cream, and he likes chocolate ice cream and he's insisting that chocolate ice cream is the best and that we'll all do better as a species if we just eat chocolate ice cream. I don't give a shit about chocolate ice cream, to be honest with you. I'm a French vanilla ice cream guy. <laughs> which is and a flavor. It, it is, is a flavor. It it's is. Not, it's not the thing upon which, by the way, chocolate is not vanilla ice cream added chocolate. They took no. away the vanilla. That's the flavor. It's different. Vanilla is a flavor. And it's clean and, and it's classy. And it's fine. <laughs> and like, if you prefer chocolate, that's fine too. I'm never yeah. going to get angry at somebody that tries to insist that their flavor is better than my flavor. And you're applying that to right and wrong as well. I'm applying that to right and wrong. And so I've just been on this journey of like, what is actually right and wrong for me? And from yeah. that position, I can live my life with less friction. There's so much friction that has washed away. And I'll say this too, Pete, it's something that I came to believe in prior that prior to it having any effect on me. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like mm. I can believe that seems correct. And I'm still a guy who's reacting emotionally to things. 
that I feel are not going the way they quote unquote should be going. Yeah. Um, and, and so these kind of, um, floating heads are, uh, you know, anyone from Foucault, who I thought was a really interesting historian and sure there's lots of stuff and with all these people that I disagree with, but then there's some gems that he I don't know anything. There. I've never heard of Foucault. It sounds like a skateboard company. He's, he's <laughs> Is that like a Foucault, bro? <laughs> he's like a French philosopher. And, and I would even look around at the landscape of uh, a lot of the w really wacky quote unquote problems that I perceive today and go, they're his fault. Foucault? Yes. Tell me, you know, tell me everything. Well, don't tell me everything, but uh, we want to keep it about you. But give me a little Foucault. Okay. Well, like the, um, a lot of the identity stuff comes from him. And so there's, and a lot of the power dynamic talk comes from him. And so hmm. there seems like societally to be this insistence that, um, we recognize identity as being real as being objectively real right while at mm -hmm. the same time it is all born within us you know and i'm not talking about you are paler than a guy from jamaica that's less what i'm talking about versus what you how you identify yourself right mm -hmm. and and you know it's a, a lot of it is um how how we socially construct things and then find truth in them later right mm. and, and gender stuff and all of that but Foucault was just saying it's all bullshit and if <laughs> he's if an it, it's all bullshit guy by the way that it, was on succession last night I, I don't want to interrupt but they were talking about how the dad seems so wise but they're like you seem so wise but you're saying stuff and and we're all afraid of you and then when it turns out it's true we all go like well look he was right but like like the fear of you saying it's going to be that way changes the what i'm saying is people it are has a profound out effect truth. outside of us yes yeah, exactly yeah. they are saying and, like you is it true or do you make it true because everyone's terrified of you like right. and then everyone goes in hindsight well it must be true it's like on the simpsons where they go like hold this rock this rock keeps away cougars do you see any cougars and it's yeah. like, well, the rock works. It's like, well, what is really true? And what are we kind of imbuing with meaning? Is that, am I on the track? I, I think so. I, it is, it is. And, you know, if we as a group get together and agree something is the way it is, then it becomes that to some degree. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. our currency is all kind of this imaginary game that we play, but because we instill belief into it, it then becomes real. Right. right. And, mm -hmm. and there's Very so real. much belief that there's a military behind it, but like, right. I was just, Val and I were just over coffee this morning going like any two groups of soldiers taken away from the power structures, away from their generals and away from their countries would just be individuals that would go They're like just people what are we doing if yeah. you stop shooting at me i'll stop shooting at you and we can just stop this but yeah. you're like talk about believing in something like god and country and all this stuff that m motivates people that wouldn't have murdered otherwise to you know kill another person it's, it's right. a wild yeah no you have those wonderful stories about world war one where on like christmas, christmas Day they play football you that's know? what i was thinking yeah and also it's also from succession but there's that story where the the power does didn't want they had this idea that the slaves should wear a yellow marking on their shirt this is also from succession and they go don't do it because if they see how many they are they'll rise up and and right 
they joke on succession they say that zuckerberg told that parable i don't know i don't think that's true i think they're just fucking with mark zuckerberg which is kind of cheeky and hilarious but that's what i see even in a soldier situation it's like wait you're you're the body of power <laughs> right like the slaves or, or 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 whatever group it is the the numbers have the power but like ideas and I was just reading this in A Course in Miracles this morning. They were like, illusions are as powerful as the truth in yeah. in, in miscreating as, as creating. And yeah. I was like, whoa, that's a pretty bold statement. A hundred percent. I think that it, it, it just is like, what's convincible? Who's selling it the best? Right. And, and, right. That, and that becomes the story we live our lives by, right? Right, and right. The story I was living my life by was... Um, gave all the power to external forces and and it was just me going like oh no it's all up to me it's entirely up to that me that was the shift that was the shift was claiming your autonomy claiming my autonomy and not allowing my belief system that the external forces were in control to dictate my life anymore and so it, it's so, like not be a victim it, it is a little bit i mean it is you know i like I, I think about I think about the cultural currency of victimhood now, and I think that like you know we I, I think it's very hard to tell somebody don't be a victim. Right, you can tell yourself. It, right, it's, it's words you use for yourself. I wouldn't. Yes. I wouldn't tell someone that's not my right. I've, no, I've I, I wouldn't go. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go to a person because if you had come to me when I was at a state when I was like everything's happening to me and I have yeah. no power and no control and you and you just said, well, stop being lace up your bootstraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't work. In right? fact, I would. I, I was telling you the things we rebel against. Remember, I told you I have a bit where I was like off pornography and after the show, somebody was like, stay strong. I'm also yeah. off pornography. But he, he kind of struck me as like a, <laughs> not a weird guy, but like I didn't want to be in his group. And that night I went home and looked at pornography. And part of the joke was I didn't even want to. No. I, that's honest. I wasn't horny. It yeah. wasn't about being horny. And we do that with food too. Sometimes it's not about, in fact, it's almost never about food. It's about some sort of, I don't want to belong to a group or, or I'm my own boss or I deserve whatever I want or nobody tells me what to do. Like yeah. all of this fucked up stuff that you're following. Sorry. So, and, and the victim thing is also, it wouldn't help if somebody said, Pete, you're not even making choices. You're just reacting to realities that aren't even there anymore. You're reacting yeah. to something that happened when you were seven. Right. That would make me go, fuck you. And I'd eat more goldfish. Yeah. Fuck you. Watch fuck. this. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. Watch this. Yeah. Fuck you. Watch this. Keep it. So, so you wouldn't say that, but you, I, I, there's no your own I, choice or whatever. Yeah. And, and again, I don't think there's any, you know, like I like these guys who are like, be tough. You know, I like them. I react well to them, but like, I don't think that has the effect on me prior to my coming to understand myself. So I don't think it's useful. I don't think it's like universally useful. It's useful if it works for you. I think whatever, Which whatever is, su success yes. we have is useful because we had success with it. But like this idea that, well, it must just, everybody should do this. Uh, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. To it's me. like drill sergeants. It's like, this is going to sound like a joke, but there are people who ring the bell in the seals because they don't respond to someone calling them a maggot. I, I know right. that sounds like a joke. Yeah. He sh if he's going to be a Navy seal, he should be able to withstand verbal abuse. Different things motivate different people. Kumail yeah. told me the story 
I believe he told it on this podcast that when he was really going for his rippedness, his trainer, Kumail, couldn't do the whatever. He couldn't get it up the 10th time. And his trainer went, one of his trainers went pathetic. And Kumail was like, we're not doing that. Like had to right. call it out. Yeah. It's just funny to me that in the Marines or the Navy, or you, you can't go like, can we try a different, like there's different brains, there's yeah. different psyches and there's yeah. different emotional response systems. I happen to be one of those people that goes work out and, and, res and go through the resistance and motivate yourself to like this morning, go getting in the cold plunge because it will make you feel fantastic. You'll have a better podcast with Ethan. You'll have a better day. You'll be more available to your daughter. It's not, and I'm not making fun of Joe Rogan. I don't tame my inner bitch. That, that language doesn't always work for me. Although I'll say out of the other side of my mouth, sometimes I'm in the tub and I want to get out and I'll hear Joe's voice say, tame your inner bitch. And sure. it does work. Right. Uh, so yes, I'm not just, no. I'm just not Same. playing beta male and going like that doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Sometimes, sometimes it does. I, sometimes I need something a little bit more nuanced, a little yeah. more gentle. Me too. And I've found that if you are actively within this belief system of shit is happening to me, yeah. that I think to get out of it is probably a more gradual approach to like, what can, can you tie your shoes? Okay. That's not happening to you. Let's start with what you perceive to be within your control and work our way gradually out. And mm. if one day you can go like, oh, well, it's everything that is occurring to me is within my control. That's wonderful, but it might take a number of years. It's not yes. just a guy on Instagram going fight through the pain. And logic doesn't work either. It's like quit smoking. It gives you cancer. That doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. They know. Yeah. In fact, unconsciously, it's part of the appeal. It's like, fuck you, death. Like, I don't right. give a fuck. That's why it's the motorcycle of activities. You're, you're, you're yeah. burning down death. It doesn't, logic doesn't work. Go ahead. No, whenever we think about like when, when, when we, when I hear about the arguments against being obese from like the mainstream, like, well, uh, health, health is the biggest one. Get like, out it's of here. So unhealthy. Yeah. I'm like, motherfuckers drive race cars. People <laughs> jump out of airplanes for fun. You know what yeah. I mean? We, we get that's, tattoos. We smoke cigarettes. Like there's that's so a much bit. unhealthy if you were shit. Up, that's a bit. It's like, why aren't the people that are so hard on the heavy people on heavy and go like, it's just because I care about your health. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Fuck it's you. because yeah. there's a fundamental self-love issue in you. There's, there's an overweight, not always. I'm, I'm obviously saying this can be me. There's a very soft junior high boy in me that I can't tolerate. And therefore I will make fun of Brendan Fraser in the whale. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying, sure. that's why you see people say free willy when they see, when I was a kid, you see yeah. a big kid at the pool. I used to get some free willies. That's because you can't tolerate your own fallibility, your own, your own, when I say softness, I don't mean body softness. I mean, your own vulnerability, your yeah. own mortality. So, yeah. you, so, but to finish your bit that if, if you ever do stand up, it's ready to go. It's like, if you really cared about people's health, you would go and stop people from skydiving or stop them from driving. Uh, I mean, it's, it's boxes. completely irresponsible from a health metric, right? <laughs> Driving a motorcycle. If, if, if the, if we were all just motivated by what is the healthiest we can live motorcycles stout, they're done. Out. You yep. can't have one. They're so unhealthy. Also just, uh, air travel or, or fine dining, right? We're all killing ourselves. 
we're just doing it. The, the, the heroes of our culture are doing it more exotically, more right. luxuriously. Yeah. Oh, I ate a 72 ounce steak at the big Texan because <laughs> I'm living life. Food travel shows are someone saying, watch me murder myself. Watch right. me die. I'm going to yeah. eat pork face tacos for, on a street cart in Malaysia. Yeah. Watch, we're all dying. I'm dying better than you're dying. Right. And you can pick your favorite <laughs> one and put it on your bucket list, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where was the my favorite place that Bourdain went, who had to medicate himself to continue eating that way, by the way. He did? Was, was on all kinds of statins, or oh, I say wow. all kinds, maybe it was just one. What's a so statin? That, it uh, reduces, it basically, it's like blocks the portion of your liver that creates like LDL cholesterol. Oh, right. A preventative so cholesterol. It's a preventative death. cholesterol yeah. thing, but it, there's like a lot of bad, you know, I think. Um, well, I didn't for, know that. Of course, though. Of course. It's a hazard of his job. Yeah. It's like wearing a bulletproof vest. If yeah. you're going to keep eating deep fried pork every day for your job, you got to get involved and be like, we need to block some of this from getting into your bloodstream. <laughs> right. And but, by the but, way, the pill has side effects. It's not just like right. sunshine and glory. You can take this pill and eat whatever you want. It puts a tax on your liver. So like we're, we're fucking <laughs> wow. with the systems wow. to be able to get away with this. And I look at people smoking cigarettes. Cigarettes and I'm envious. I'm yeah. like, that motherfucker has it made. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He's smoking cigarettes. He's enjoying life. Yes. And like, I could also look at an obese person and think the same thing. That dude got to go to McDonald's today. I didn't right. get to go to McDonald's. You know what I mean? So, like, what? there's a, a Colin Hay song that he's sober, expresses the same sort of the jealousy of the sober person, which is sure. so important to stay in touch with lest we get on our lest, lest we get on our high horse. It's yeah. very healthy. And I'd love to hear you speak on this to go like, no, I am jealous instead yeah. of going into addict thinking and going, no, that's evil. That's yeah. evil. What they're doing. Cause then you're just projecting it onto them and hating them. And that that's a medication that has side effects. Hate. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, I, well, <laughs> I, I, I am jealous of my wife on a on a weekly basis my wife drinks and she's the person who leaves half a glass of wine at the can at the at the restaurant I just don't understand and, <laughs> and i'm looking at it going like that's six dollars worth of wine you're just gonna leave like yeah. i yeah. don't mind if you leave 18 dollars worth of steak but you cannot leave six dollars worth of wine in the glass this is unacceptable <laughs> um and i i was just thinking sorry keep going no, go, i'm just go, so go, excited go, go. to talk to you i just go like once you're feeling good and this is why I'm a self-diagnosed addict. I'm always clear that I'm like, nobody else has told me that. It's just me. Once I'm feeling good, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to just keep going? Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to just keep going? Like, you drink a Manhattan, drink it fast. Right. Drink it fast. Because that feeling only gets better. Yeah. And of course, it doesn't work. Like, right. my way doesn't work. But every single time I'd go, it's worth a shot. And yeah. every one out of, a, I don't know, 50 you'd be in such an amazing peak state in your body, in your emotional life, that the alcohol would dance with that feeling. It didn't create it, but yeah. it sort of like didn't squash it. So you'd be convinced that it was the alcohol and then the next time you're chasing that dragon. But when I, I have this very vivid memory of being at dinner with my friends, the Gungers and Val, and they got Manhattans and they sipped those motherfuckers. They, they you said the money. It's funny, right. the devil, my devil will go, it's not going to be cold in three right. years. Right. No, that was, that cold. was as, that was as sane and as rational. Like I was trying to make an argument for her. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. for me, it's just like that glass of wine is a shooter. You need the bottle yeah. and you get it in your system as yeah. quickly as possible. But That's like right. when right. I'm, when I'm making these arguments, I'm trying to go like, how do I make her finish the glass of wine? Do I explain to her who Mommy. complains about the electrical bill, you know, yeah. because we yes. ran the hot tub too many times. Yes. Yes. Well, it's the money finished. You got to drink the wine, but the steak, I don't give a shit about. Right. You're back to, we're back to people pretending that they care about people's health when really they don't. They're really, right. in some cases, I'm saying what I would be doing, projecting their hate outward and, and, being intolerant of that in themselves and then the, it's and then you're doing it with this with money yeah. you don't really care about money i don't give a shit of the course. money is completely irrelevant how do i make an argument that will win her yeah because that's all it is i just want her to do what i would have wanted to do and how yes. do i get her there and it's yes. by, it's not the same argument for her this is tricky stuff because so when we were in canada we've i've already talked about this on the podcast but i hurt my neck i think i told you i, I motorboated the shower spray because it was a cold shower <laughs> yeah. and i was like i'm gonna really live life and i'm gonna motorboat the shower spray and i hurt my neck and back just going bruh, bruh, bruh. i i haven't done it on stage but i'm like that means i can't motorboat my wife that means if i want to motorboat my wife i have to sit on the edge of the bed like uh Nicole, <laughs> and she and has Nicole to move Smith's, like old husband and she has <laughs> to move like a car wash <laughs> i have to be stationary and she can drive me like a car wash but i'm too old to go <laughs> which is literally the first thing you do in life it's yeah. it's what babies can do i can't yeah. do it anymore but then i hurt myself and i'm in canada and they were like you should take this canadian muscle relaxer this just goes back to money this goes back to excuses we make freedom right. uh, liberty i don't want to belong to your weird group pain is such a good one pain yeah. is such a good one that i I, I I only took one for three days, but I was sure. like, this is dangerous for me because I really like the way it feels. Yeah. And guess what, dude? I'm six foot six. I'm constantly hurting myself. Right. Constantly. And I was like, I catch myself, Ethan. I'm saying this like it's a meeting. I catch myself wanting to wake up having slept badly, like on yeah. the wrong, so I can take one. And yeah. I'm not even that, I'm not even that hooked by these things. There's just this like, there's yeah, a desire there. Yeah, 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 no. I just want to be a magic to... boy and feel feel good all the time. Feel good yeah. all the time. Even though it doesn't fucking work. We all know it's going to lead to needing two. It's going to need to needing three. Then Val was joking. She's like, then we're in the weird Canadian muscle relaxer phase of our lives. And you have yeah. to withdraw just to feel normal. It You're doesn't... taking random gigs in Canada just to visit the pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. But facts. And if you have that built-in excuse, that the excuse, the excuse, what did, what did, what did that make you think of? I, I've had a number of surgeries since I've been sober and there was a time many many years ago where uh you have a surgery and you take th the pills they give you and then i as an addict am like explaining that i'm a large guy and so right. it, i need a double dose to get around my large system and i'm and you start down the road of addiction stuff which is so dangerous for me but then it got to the point where my wife was like hey that was crazy your recovery from that where you were like calling for more refills of a pill that you had 30 days worth on the second week you know stuff wow. like that so that's not Thinking okay head like like yeah. a squirrel i'm not even trying yeah. to be funny i relate so hard i yeah. i get it you're like okay i have it now <laughs> but it, it has gotten to the point where i'm now having 
full-blown meetings with anesthesiologists before I have a surgery and, and going like, you may not give me opiates. And they're like, well, every, my, you know, they all have their different protocols, but he goes, I, you know, I give fentanyl while you're unconscious, but I won't give you any when you're awake. And I have to say like, no, you can give me ketamine instead of fentanyl. It fucks with receptors in my brain. I'll wake up like hungry for opiates. Yeah. Um, Of course. Cause you were still there just cause Ethan wasn't there going like, wow, this is great. It was your body. That's right. The receptors in your brain and body were still given. And they remember. Of course they remember. That's their job. Yeah. Yes. Um, So I've also gotten to be uh, quite a bit better with pain, you know, like just like the last surgery I had, I, I, I ruptured my bicep. I had to have it, you know, drill, they drilled holes in my forearm and cut me open and drag the bicep tendon out and drill it into my forearm. And I, I had, um, the doctor likes to wake you up and check to see that you can move your stuff. And so they can't, they can do a nerve block, but they can't do it. You can't move your arm if you have the nerve block. So they put the catheter into the, it's called the brachial plexus. It's this like bundle of nerves in your shoulder and they put the catheter in there. And then once you wake up and they, and show the guy, like I can move my arm, they then give you the juice to kill your arm. And then you can't move your arm for a couple of days, but it doesn't hurt. Right. Uh, um, them putting this nerve block in prior to surgery the feeling, the sensation, like when the catheter touches this nerve bundle, my whole body like leapt out of the hospital bed. It was like the single biggest jolt of pain. And then it's over. It's not like a lingering pain. It's just like, like electricity to your central nervous system. Yeah, It's like Um, you were a fish and someone dropped a toaster in. Yeah. yeah. It's it's serious. so, So they go like, okay, that's fine. I have the surgery. I don't get given opiates. Thank God. I wake up. I still groggily say give me some demerol and my wife is there to go he's you don't don't do that um (laughs) you know and then i i come to a little bit more and uh uh they go like check my arm i move it and and i'm like this really hurts please juice up that catheter so i can not feel this pain and the guy goes to do it and he accidentally pulls the catheter out oh god and at that point i just went like you know what I'm just going to go home and pace a lot until this stops hurting because like, I don't want to go through that single jolt of pain again. And it's not so bad. Can I deal with this for a day or two? That's really real. That's like, that's like putting an idea. I want this to a test. Do you want it so badly that you have to withstand this horrible pain again? Yeah. And the answer is no, that's no, like, I want to feel good. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Because we're we you and I talked a lot about getting addicted, using our addict nature to get addicted to good things. Yeah. And when the the question is, do you want to feel good? For me, if I have anxiety, breath work is a really quick way to get rid of that. But man, it's so fucking hard sometimes. It's actually impossible, meaning I don't do it, to just go suffer and right. then feel good. Catheter. Yeah. And then you'll get your your juice. And I often will just tap out. I guess what I'm saying, and I'd love to hear a comment, human beings, I think this is Tony Robbins, will do more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. Will sure. you talk about that? Yeah. The, the, the thing that helps me the most is like as a sober person, quite often, I have to remind myself, um, and, and this is multiple times a day on some 
terrible days that what I'm feeling is temporary mm. and that it will get better. And then, you know, I've even said that like to somebody else, to, to one of my kids and my wife was like, don't tell them that there's no evidence that it's going to get better. They could be, you know, and I'm like, all right, but we got to be hopeful too, right? right. Like there's got to be some hope in but, there. But to counter that, I understand what, that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. But even if you and I were in some horrible post-apocalyptic situation where every once in a while I'd be like, this is pretty cool. Of all the people to be paired with, I'm with Ethan Supley. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. you're punching radioactive dogs and we're yeah. finding canned food. It could fun- be exciting. Like yeah. you read Cormac McCarthy, oh, The Road, yes. and it's yes. like, this is an adventure. Yes, for sure. But even if we're in a, a dire straits, I'm saying, and things are really bad even in the midst of a terrible day you could get be- you could feel better briefly yeah. isn't yeah. that really what you're saying it's not circumstantial happiness a chemical happiness you probably won't be this blue right. all the time and i take it as like if i look back on my life and i can go like got lots of lows so many lows but are there more instances where I'm not this low than there? That, however, yeah. I'm feeling now. Yep. Do, am, I, can, I have belief if it's a down moment that it will, I can ride it out. And so in that sense, I think in terms of like w- w- wanting to go to McDonald's or wanting to have a drink or, you know, God forbid, I accidentally see a drug transaction happening on the side of the road and it gets me it just sticks in my head well that's where i could get that you know yes right um and pain is the same way oh this this pain is you know i can't imagine people with actual chronic pain if it just never goes away like that must be really awful but that's not been my experience with pain pain goes away and so right I'm that, just by the way, to survive this. That was what got Kurt Cobain on heroin, I think, is because he had those stomach issues, which right. I say with compassion. I'm, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Never mind, guy. <laughs> like pain leads people to do these things. So when you're feeling- there was a lot of that 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 was true for me, too, with yeah. uh, I instantly fell in love with opiates because my feet didn't hurt. My back didn't hurt. Yes, there was yes. a lot less literal physical pain just yes. in living life as a very large person that went away. And then it also seemed to give me a little bit of a personality and I could talk to people and right. like, because you weren't have, probably anxious, right? I, I mean, I wasn't anxious. I wasn't thinking about like, what does that person think of me as much? It was right. like, uh, you, you know, know why? Because you're set. I, look, I, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm saying this is why people drink alcohol. It's because yeah. they have a private, little flame inside right it's like what what's this guy gonna do he can't take this private little flame right you're warmed from the inside yeah and that's honestly how i felt on those canadian muscle relaxers i was like i kind of have a thing going on right (laughs) yeah i have a a thing by the way dude i was taking one it's half the dose and i still was kind of like I have this a little something. secret yeah. right. and now I'm talking to this guy and he's kind of annoying and I think he doesn't like me, but I'm like, eh, the flame on, it's still burning. And as yeah. long as I get away from him or, or just smile, like, yeah. right? No, I mean, th- that's, that was a lot of drugs for me. Like it wasn't fun to do drugs with other people doing drugs. I'd much right. rather do drugs in secret and then have that secret. You I'm know what only I mean? in secret. Me too. I'm only in secret. And I was only, I know, I I don't need to give a caveat and be like, we're not celebrating it. I'm just saying like, it's a certain kind of person that wants it and wants people to not know. I want people to just think that I'm an easy guy. 
right. like an easy, smiley, laughy guy. Yeah. And really that's an intolerance of some of my um, harsher emotions. Like I'm, sure. I'm, I just don't like, I said to Val uh, yesterday, I was like, it's not that I don't like the dog. It's that I don't like that. I don't like the dog. <laughs> like, it's not that I, there's nothing about the dog other than I have sound trauma and he barks and he scares the shit out of me. But yeah. like, and I'm not kidding when I say sound trauma, that's not like how people use it. I mean, like I legit have that. And, but the, the overreaction that I feel towards whatever it is, yeah. if something makes me angry, it's not just anger. It then comes in this flood of embarrassment. Sure. I'm, I'm mama's golden boy. Yeah. I'm the second born. I solve problems. I don't create problems. <laughs> and I'm certainly not like my scary ogre dad who always seemed mad. Not always, yeah. but you know what I mean? I'm not like that. So we're back to intolerance when people are hard towards on, ourselves towards ourselves that's what i mean that's why when we want to make fun of uh brendan frazier or we want to uh tell like my mom will just tell a very heavy person to stop eating she's just yeah. that way that's like i don't know what you call that um it's an intolerance you can't stand how you feel you're embarrassed yeah. and you're ashamed and then these drugs one of the things that it does for me is i'm like uh and and I'm speaking to you from a place of clarity. I don't like it and it really doesn't work, but it temporarily gives me the feeling of like, I feel nice enough or numb enough. It's really numb. Right. And we've blocked out some of my intellect. We've certainly blocked out my ability to grow or to learn or to be challenged or to truly connect, which is one of my big sobriety things is my daughter will not see a glassy look in my eye. Like right. I could cry thinking about that. It's like, that's not happening. Yeah. Like we'll do something. There'll be right. something she doesn't like about me, but it's not going to be dad was like, Hey baby, it's not going <laughs> right. to be that. It's not going to be that. Yeah. Um, but the intolerance of the feeling go anything. What do you got? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm so with you on all of that stuff. I, I think, I think that it, 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 it comes down to like, a lot of what I've struggled with in my life is the feeling of dissatisfaction with myself. And yes. so I, a lot of that for me was built upon these perceptions, narratives, ideas about how things should and shouldn't be. Yes. And to get rid of that, I, I've become happier. I've become mellower because nothing should be anyway. It is how it is. And That's I it. can work to better myself. And allow other people to have their preference. And that's all I really care about. Like I Ethan, you're care, nailing it. It's beautiful. I, I, I care very much about everyone being correct with even if it goes totally against values I hold, right? Because I haven't disregarded my own values. I have values. This is something my wife gets very concerned with and goes like, well, if it's all relative, then there's no right and wrong. Then how do you feel about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah. It's not something I like. It's not something I want to see happening. You know, I don't like war. I'm pretty opposed to war. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, is it maybe necessary at times? I mean, is violence sometimes necessary? If a guy breaks into my house, I'm probably not going to lie still while he rapes my wife. You know, right, I'm right, going right. to get violent. And that's the value I choose. And I would also want to understand why are you doing this, dude? Like what's right. happening with right. you? Right. You know? Yeah. This is so interesting. Going back to what you, I, I was thinking, cause you and I have talked about it before. There's the line in Shakespeare 
nothing is right or wrong, but thinking makes it so. Yeah. But what is really empowering without getting your, because your wife throws a very legitimate pickle our way. And I know sure. what she's talking about because I dabble in these types of thought experiments as well. But what I'm after is a personal um, spaciousness and, yeah. and I want to suffer less and I want, but I, I also want to, it's not just whistling in the dark. It, it's, it's syncing up with nature yeah. in the way that nature doesn't have the same this is tricky. Like I, I, everybody knows we're against bad things. Like you have to say that we're right. against bad things, but there is something interesting about being like, don't worry about other people. Um, things are happening and you can't really change everything that's happening. You can change your response to those things. That's what I'm trying. That's right? my, my biggest goal. And also nature is a real interesting one. Cause every time I look at nature, you know, like this whole natural law, the philosophy on natural law with which basically our country was founded. To me, there's nothing natural in natural law the way they describe it, where men should have dignity and this. That doesn't exist in nature. Nature is violent. <laughs> well, cut to us at our post-apocalyptic. In fact, the post-apocalyptic thing we all are aware that that you're like three meals away from becoming like a different person. <laughs> right. And I think that's what frustrates people when we get very navel-gazy. I'm the most navel-gazy of them all, and I find a lot of value in it. But I see a lot of people that might have different types of lives, and they might be struggling more going like, must be nice to be able to talk about those things. But right. if you follow that deeper, I think we're going into our lineage as human beings and going like, there's been a lot of not dignified you know, like cavemen killing murder, like killing animals and eating them isn't yeah. really dignified. We've changed it. We've been yeah. like, it's the meal of kings and, and we sit at banquets and you don't see the slaughterhouse anymore. Right. And you don't see them. I'm not, this isn't a vegan agenda. In fact, you know this, Ethan, I've started eating uh, more chicken because I've been trying to get more protein. Sure. So I can't even claim that group anymore. And that's the worst part is I really love that ethical jolt. I'm just kidding. Right. But, but like, we, we, I already told the story, but in preschool, in Leela's preschool, they were singing a song about monkeys getting eaten by alligators, but it's sort of hinted at. Yeah. And at, at the end of the song, one of the kids goes, what happened to the monkeys? And everyone was like, they swam away. They, they ran away and they got away. And the teacher's like, yeah, they got away. And then Dean, I've been doing this on stage, this one boy, Dean, who I love, Dean just goes, they died. <laughs> and then the teacher's like, okay, Dean, thank you. And then Dean goes, blood in the water. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, yes! Fuck I yeah, I love Dean. Don't you fucking love Dean? I, I love can't Dean. Even like to me, art and philosophy and and theater and so many things. This conversation are trying to go like, okay, there's what we're creating right. as a as an ideology, and then it's built on the back of a reality that doesn't really understand what you mean when you say human dignity <laughs> or, yeah exactly or, or personal I, dignity yeah there there one of my kids brought me these these pictures of of um uh, a town in europe and it was i don't know if it was world war one or world war two and it was before and after the war right and and she was asking me if i could find beauty in the after huh. and and i was like yeah, to me, that's a beautiful picture. And she was like, but it's all, there's so much destruction. And we've talked about this, Pete. There's no, 
there's no creation without destroying something. That's nothing. Right. Nothing. Everything can feeds be on death. Yes. Yeah. And so I feel like there's, you know, I go around America and there's this attempt to make everything static. It just needs to be this way and then it needs to stay this way. All inhale is what we call it. They, they want this. Yeah. Never right. exhaling. Never, never exhaling. exhaling. Never. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that to me, doesn't make sense. I, no. I think we've got to see beauty and decay. Decay is natural. It's a part, you know, and like, fuck, I don't put so much emphasis on everything having to be natural, right? Because natural is murder and rape and savagery that I don't want to experience. Yeah. I don't want yeah, yeah. that. I don't want yeah. to be a part of a system that like thrives on just, you know, the strong are killing the weak. That's gross to me too. But we're all going to grow old. We're all going to die. Shit decays. And is it can't that be beautiful also? It has to. It ha You have absolutely no choice. You can be in denial and be in Times Square and briefly believe that by being, and I, I'm saying this, I've caught myself at times being a consumer and being like, I'm going to live forever because I keep buying this stuff that is like an extension of me. It's my iPad. It's yeah. like I've grown in size. My right. car, my house, my country, my job. And it's like, no, you're still a daisy in the middle of a field. Like you're right. very, very vulnerable. But every psychedelic experience, not everyone, big profound ones, any Jungian dream, any sweat lodge vision is all shouting the same thing this too shall pass. Yeah. This will pass. It's all passing. It's all to quote Jesus. He says, store not. I always do the King James because it's what Ram Dass would say. Store not your treasure where, where rust and moth um, doth corrupt. Right? right. So it's this idea that you need to find something purer and truer and eternal in you because everything else is is passing your joy is passing your sadness is also passing you win and you you have a moment of elation and then it immediately starts fading yeah we need to we need to reconcile blood in the water we blood need in to, the water that's that's truth make peace with it and go it's okay not just i think you have to forgive it you need to yeah. you need to look it in the face and go like that's what's happening not uh endless plastic surgeries and right when people are like look at madonna and share they don't age i'm like look i'm not putting them down do your thing i understand that's part of your business but part of me is i'm like what are we doing and as yeah. soon as they dead you, you don't we have a denial of death in this culture we have no understanding of cycles or or the, to me when you're dying it's like the idea and you're already doing it get over other people and get over yourself a little bit. Right. If if you're the center of the world and the whole thing has been a movie about you and you're dying, no fucking shit you're scared to die, dude. Right. No fucking shit. The movie, the only thing you've ever been interested in, you to an end, yeah. is about to fade out. You'd be a dingus if you're going to spend your entire life that way and be cool with that. But if right. you're zooming out, and looking at your interconnectivity and looking at something bigger and and embracing the mystery and forgiving reality then you can get over yourself and and that's not as big of a transition anymore yeah you you know um you're a parent and the 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 place where i could touch this ab ability was 
before I had my first kid and I, I read the book, you know, um, what to expect when you're expecting, but this was that's very much from a female perspective, but I still, I wanted that knowledge. I tried yeah. to get all that knowledge and then the baby came and I still felt like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to do. And yeah. then I'm rationalizing, well, people have been doing this for millions of years and, and like I'm here. So they figured it out. Like right. nobody knows. There's just the, the very similar the, to death, by the way, you go, well, everybody, everybody dies. It's okay. Everybody does, yeah. We've all been still, doing it. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really strip it of mystery. The right. baby is still like, what do we do now? You still, yeah. For me, it required just the almost cockiness to go, I got this right to, to, to just, to just go like all the, the nonsense that I, that is also true of like, I don't know what to do. Cause I really fucking don't. I'm just going to behave as though I do know what to yeah. do yep. and deal with problems as they come up. And I've like that, that was the first moment that That's I felt so like good. it's, it's okay. Like I, I'm okay now that I decided to be okay. And Oof. I touched that and never kind of lost it with my kids. And there will be times where my kids come to me and say, like, I wish you were there, dad, because you always know what to do. And I, I I, go like, I don't know what the fuck any of this is. Yes, I don't yes. know anything. But they are convinced because I can convince myself around them that I got yeah. this. When yeah. you're with me, you're safe. I, you're taken care of. You're protected. All whatever it means to be a father to me. And then it's it's happened more and more like, you know. I got a flat tire and there's no AAA and I've never changed a tire and the fucking got no cell service. And there's a uh, 10 minutes of like a stomach ache because I'm so stranded. And so the world is now imploding upon me to, I can, I just decide I can do this mm. and I do it and I change a tire and it's not the easiest thing, but also people fucking change tires. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And that's kind of, been the way I eventually got to this thing of like, whatever's happening with me is on me. Yes. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around telling people you have to be like this because I don't believe that that's true. But for me, that's what works. That's uh, so a friend of mine just had a, a very profound ayahuasca situation. And that was one of the things it was like, just you. And yeah. he kept asking it questions about other people. And it was like, what is, what are you what are you doing <laughs> like how right. do you feel in this situation and, right. and it kept stressing that everybody has autonomy and everybody has has choice which is really beautiful i also love what you're saying it's actually in a comedians in cars episode where seinfeld somebody says something they're like well what what if we go there and this happens and he goes then we'll deal with it right and it was like those simple truths Sorry to keep mentioning drugs and as much as we've been talking about sobriety, but I had a an MDMA experience where I was like, it, it brought me to tears, the thought. I was like, people don't have to be like me. And the <laughs> other side of that is, and I don't have to be like them. Yes. That's like, if you could write that on a piece of paper and eat it yeah. and have that get into your cells, how many of your problems would just go away? And another one I'd like to write on paper and eat is, if that happens, we'll deal with it. We, yeah. we, I quote this all the time. Anxiety is paying interest on a debt that never comes. You're just, right. you're just paying. It's not, the bill didn't come. Yeah. Why are you worried? You didn't order it. It's not at the table. You didn't eat it. Yeah. Now this is something I, um, 
subscribe to wholeheartedly. I, I, I believe that is truth. And I still have anxiety. Yeah. And, and these things, uh, I, I battle with within myself. This is like my final biggest battle or my most recent or profound, which is like, no, this isn't real. And yet I'm still have a rapid heart rate. You know, I could fucking have anxiety right now. Just thinking about if you and I, because you're very convincing about the cold stuff (laughs) and, and, and it still makes me scared. And if, if, if I was to agree with you or, or make, you know, I, because I think uh, for me, the the highest level of truth that I can achieve is agreement with someone. And, and, yeah. and that goes down to like, I told Pete, I would do this thing. I have to do it. Yes. You know, yes. I'm not going to not do it because I told Pete I would do it. And then um, you are your own worst. Like, and then I'm the a mess until Ethan. I do it. Yeah. yeah. You, but I know I, it won't be as bad as I think it will be. That's true. And I can't get out of that. And yeah. so it does take some time going, that's not real. Yes. None of that's real. Oh, buddy. Feeling isn't real. When I did your podcast and even when we're talking now, this is a very special Pete. This is midday Pete. You and I were talking about like in the morning, some time with my fam. I have my first coffee. It's the most special Pete. That's the Pete that hosts the podcast. Yeah. He's great. And I love him. Um, But like we're saying, it's not always that Pete. In, in Val said about me, she's like, in the course of the day, you feel every emotion. She's like, I, I watch <laughs> you feel every single emotion. And it's true. I've gotten very polite about it. I'm not like flailing around like Miss Piggy or Kermit with my arms like this. I'm yeah. not like that, but I am internally, I'm feeling everything. What One of the things you just said, I was thinking about like, so you take ayahuasca, right? Ayahuasca is one of those things that I'm like, people talk about it being so intense and so frightening and life-changing and and it's it's the opposite of an escape drug it's like the most confronting like hey have you noticed that you do this and i'm going to show you it for four hours you know and like yeah. you really you come out like broken and then it rebuilds you it's not it doesn't sound like taking molly at Lollapalooza. you know what i mean right so, where it's just like let's cuddle let's cuddle. exactly it's not that it's not that at all and i but yet i remain interested in it and and this is you and um anxiety by the way i what i was going to say was nighttime pete i'll wake up and pee and i'll have to ward off just generalized my brain is a master at at finding something to be like did that upset somebody right like, did this stay awake did, yeah yeah you need to stay awake you need yeah. to grind on this and i will <laughs> go my bathroom mirror is covered in all these quotes that i love and most of them are about how all reality is mind and like you've never separated from god and all these mantras like one of my favorite lines is myself rests safely in the mind of god even if you're in the most dangerous situation where you are in reality is where you've always ever been here yeah. and now in the eternal and the placeless place of what we could call god or the mind of god so you've never been in danger in your life uh, tell that to 3 a.m. Pete. 3 a.m. Pete does not. <laughs> 3 a.m. Pete tells you to go fuck yourself. That's right. I'm going to think about what I said at that's right. lunch to that guy. Yeah. And that's where Val, so Val is, I told you this, she's the great counterpart to my headiness. She's all body. So she's somatic and she's like, you got to put your hands on your chest, get get some weight on you. Uh, you told me splash cold water on your face helps with anxiety. Breathe. And, and that's that small step, even though you think it's not going to work. Can right. you take one deep breath? Just yeah. one. Like yeah. you were saying, can you tie your shoes? Just one deep breath. 
but this, I, I had two thoughts going at the same time. The other one was, so I'm interested in doing something like ayahuasca. And even though I've told you I'm an addict, I'm California sober, which means I'll occasionally take a small edible of weed. And I got a little paranoid and listen to the genius of this paranoia because I, there was nothing wrong. Everything yeah. was fine. I wasn't sure. like, where's my daughter? She was sleeping. Where's Val? Everything. Everybody's fine. Cir circumstantially fine. My brain, my genius brain went, not me, but something in there was like, you want to do ayahuasca. You are the biggest threat to us. <laughs> like it right. was like, <laughs> right. You are the danger. Yeah. Like you want to be afraid of something? Be afraid of you. Yeah. You keep signing us up for uh fattening foods. You keep signing us up for you drive to LA all those times, all that time on the freeway. Uh, you want to do incredibly uh unstable or, or unpredictable sacred medicines. Like you're fucking this up. We right. keep telling you to just stay inside. Like yeah. it was like the voice of Be my safe. fear. Yeah. Be safe. It was my fight flight going like the calls coming from inside the house, dipshit. Like you yeah. think you need to protect yourself from other people. It's all you. It's all right. you. <laughs> but but Pete, it's all us no matter what. Yeah, that's there's, that's right. There's like there's some like I know that's that's probably the voice telling you to stay awake. Like, right? Like that might be that, but it's also it's not lying. No, it's not. It's not. That actually, the the other side of that coin is power. Yeah. It's like on this side, it's fear. It's all you. What are you doing? And and shame and embarrassment gets in the way. And on right. the other side is, oh fuck, it's all me. Yeah. It's all me. I can I can do whatever I want. Which yeah. brings me, I had a couple specific things. Oh God, I wrote down so many things I want to say. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this one. Okay. When you're in a way where you're having a rough day. Yeah. And you can't find the motivation to do something big, like a one-hour workout or two, sure. whatever you're doing. What is there something that you do mentally, physically, that can just a tiny gain that might get the ball rolling? Yeah, it's it's specific to me because I don't know if anybody else has experienced this. But have you ever had a dream, um, or have you woke up? and you can't move like there's a there's a, a, a val has that sleep paralysis yeah sleep paralysis so the only way and and i actually had as an aside a bad drug experience where i went into actual paralysis um we wow. used to me and my buddy used to we can do aside drug stories right yeah yeah um me and my buddy used to buy drugs from the va down on wilshire in west westwood and Basically, we we met a nurse there who would buy prescriptions once they were filled from vets so vets could take the money and go get the street drugs that they were doing instead of the bullshit prescription drugs. We hadn't quite graduated to the street drugs yet. We were still on to prescription drugs. And he sold us a bottle of this stuff, which I believe was called chlorohydrate. It had a big red C on it, which means it's a controlled substance, and it just looked like a uh, cough syrup, but it was bright green. And and he said, just take a half a cap cap full of this and then wait a long time. And we did that. And then nothing happened. So we filled up the cap full and took him. This is a Wolf of Wall Street. Basically the movie you're in. <laughs> me and my friend were frozen for a number of hours to my wait, couch. Wait, 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 it kicks in. It kicks in. And you're and frozen. Just drool completely, completely alert cannot move 
oh, just stop. And and it didn't feel. It wasn't like God. This feels wonderful. Like heroin, you get you get high on heroin, and you maybe aren't moving because you're just in one you're having dreamland. a fine time yeah, yeah. This, this was you were a muppet and the hand was taken out the hand was taken <laughs> out and i'm like i'm a big guy too and i suffer from like i can't sit still for very long because the weight on that section of my body will begin to cause it to die i yeah, think you need or, i'm not trying to be funny you need you it to be move. rotated yeah. yeah yeah no rotation and i'm feeling like oh, just it, it was horrible but i have had dreams and woken up in that How did it, state. Did it just wear off? It just wore off. It wore off. It took like four or did five hours. you like hours. wiggled a, a finger and you're like, it oh, was, fucking thing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> coming back. And then your whole body <laughs> came back first. <laughs> Me. I came back first and I shook him a little bit and he like, uh, and we're drooling. Oh, it was my awful. Gosh. It was fucking awful. But I, I do wake up sometimes with a panic of like, I got that. That's happening again. Yeah. And the only way to for me to get out of it is to you know you almost jolt yourself you you like take a deep breath and like put if i if, get it if, if getting out of bed requires a two of energy you got to put a 10 into just yep shocking yourself you're, you're jump starting yourself yeah yeah it's a jump start so I, I will have to do that multiple times a week where it if I'm awake and laying in bed and that's not actually occurring, but I suddenly don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to get up. I don't want to eat the food I've meal prepped. I don't want to do my writing. I don't want to do all the things that keep me as focused and happy as I can possibly be. It does require a bit of me mentally going fucking go. Right. And that's yeah, when yeah. I can summon those guys, Joe Rogan, um, David Goggins, Cameron Hayes, who who seem to do all of this through pain. The pain I'm experiencing isn't that I'm running an ultra marathon on a broken leg. The pain is I am uh, apathetic towards life or experiencing melancholia or depression or whatever it is that has me stuck. That's mm. my version of I gotta fight through this. Mm. And and I got and and that's and that's what I do. I literally imagine I've just woken up and I have sleep paralysis and I have to jolt myself awake. Wow. So that that physical condition is is primed you to know, like, okay, this is one of those things. Yeah. I saw so my YouTube has figured out that I'm getting interested in stuff like this. So it keeps showing me like gym and fridge and all that sort of stuff. Right. And, Paul Rudd had one and, you know, he got real ripped for Ant-Man. And one of them was like, I forget exactly what the quote was, but essentially it was like, there's like motivating yourself, which is like finding a reason to do it. And then he's like, but that's, that's not, it doesn't work. He's like, you can't like wait to find a reason and get a reason. He's like, it's just to do it. It's, it's just a, I hate this and I'm going to do it. And I'm yeah. like, that seems like a muscle that you can work on question. Mark, well, you'll get better like at it. I think it's exactly the same with you. However awful your cold plunge was today, you know, it's going, you know, what well, you had the effect, the effect yeah. you're shoot, you, you got, and you know that you're going to build up some tolerance to it. It's exactly the same for me with working out five times out of 10. I don't really want to go and do it, 
I'm only doing it because I know the rest of my day will be better. Yes. And then if I get into a routine of it, it's actually more difficult to not do it because I'm just now accustomed to doing it. But right. if I take a week off, which this last week, I think I only got to the gym once because we were working and then I had something else to do over the weekend and I yes. only just got home. But I went to the gym today and I was like, I'm going to start off with legs, which is the fucking worst. <laughs> and it was so hard and so awful. And I, I was actually doing much less than I had been doing two weeks before because mm. my legs are now suddenly, uh, they're not out of shape. They're going to be fine in a week or two, but they were just like, no, wait a second. Wait, we're not doing that anymore. You know? Right. Right. Um, and so I did that and I walked out of the gym with a pep in my step and feeling great. And the, and I could experience yes. the sun where prior to that, the sun was harmful to me. Yes. You know? yes. It, it was great. And I, so I just yeah. keep doing that one foot in front of the other. I love that. And that when I got out, because sorry, this is how I can relate. Yeah, you're right. I got out of the cold point. I didn't want to do it. it was first thing in the morning, which is the hardest is because sure. you just got out of the bed and you're all cooked like a hot dog. And you get in, but I, my daughter was kicking me all night and I just slept like bad and I just needed a reboot. I needed to lick a big old nine volt battery, like a big one. Yeah. And when I got out, it, this seems like a YouTube video, but I went, I already won. Like I, that's right. what I said. I was like, I already won, but this is what here, we're going to go to the mid rolls, but we kind of were talking about this earlier. Peak state people, Pete, that's standing in the sunlight, glistening and cold going, I've already won. Yeah. He's not the best guy to give advice to anybody. Like peak state. No. What's interesting is the let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Because I wrote that down. I was like, non-peak state people, 500 pound Ethan. I want to know what he needed because it's not Pete going, I've already won. That just seems like a guy with a hot girlfriend being like, and the best thing is you do it all the time. <laughs> just right. like, like it doesn't help. So let's get to that. We'll be back in literally two minutes, three minutes. We'll be right back. Whenever I buy something, I always do my research, especially if it's something I'm going to put inside of my body because doing research before you buy something means making better and more informed choices, especially when it comes to stress or sleep products like CBD. And that's where Next Evo Naturals, my favorite new CBD brand, knocks it out of the park, which isn't always the case. A study by an independent lab recently confirmed that some brands contain up to 60% less CBD than they claim on the label. But with Next Evo, you can trust you're getting the best of the best. They use smart sorb technology, which is proven to have 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes and four times the overall absorption as other products. So for people who don't have taken CBD in the past and just don't get what it's about, don't feel it, don't notice it, smart sorb is here and makes a huge difference. So if you've written off CBD in the past, Next Evo is an absolute reimagining. It's a game-changing, wonderful thing. Uh, the stress gummies is what I take almost every day. That's their CBD and their whole plant ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen. These are lifesavers when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious. If I'm just stressed and can't get on with my day, can't face my inbox, can't handle company coming over, these are my secret weapon to round the edges and get me back to feeling ready to face my day. So if you've tried CBD before and you didn't get it, didn't like it, trust me, Next Evo is different. 
Give it a try. Upgrade your CBD and show your support for this show. Go to nextevo.com slash weird to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off 40 bucks or more at nextevo.com slash weird. Also brought to us by our friends at Sunday Lawn Care. If you're like me, you love spring, but you may not love figuring out how to take care of your yard. Does anyone else just stand in the line, in the, in the aisle, in the store, wondering where to start, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious? Well, that's where Sunday Lawn Care comes in. Sunday is everything you need to get the lawn you've dreamed of. This spring, go to getsunday.com slash weird and enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. It's really, really cool. No trips to the store or heavy hauling bags since they ship straight to your home. Plus, you just need a hose to apply Sunday. It's actually fun. It's actually easy. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. And they only use ingredients you can feel good about. That means no harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, or trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply apply, let it dry, and you're back to enjoying your yard. Best of all, Sunday is easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full-season plans start at just $109. And Sunday is offering, on, on top of that, our listeners get 20% off. Full season plans start at just 109 and you can get 20% off when you visit getsunday.com slash weird at checkout. Just 109 bucks, get 20% off when you visit getsunday.com slash weird. 20% off your custom plan, getsunday.com slash weird. Show your support for your lawn and for this show. All right, everybody, let's get back to Ethan Supley. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Um, I, you know, the, you talked about the disembodied heads that are motivating to you. One of them for me is myself at 500. I was actually pounds. curious. That was one of the ones I wondered yeah. if he was there. He's there. And his, his state was just that you can't do anything there, th that the world is happening to you and you can't do anything. And, and how do we experience as much pleasure right this second as possible because right. there's there's nothing else to be done and so just recognizing that as an association between the more base urges i have is super helpful to me in going like i'm motivated to not get back to that because you know and, and it has nothing i mean you broke look, out of a prison i'm not saying everybody's a prison i'm just saying yeah it's like when you break up with somebody and I, I wonder how this informs like things like cheat days and stuff. It's like you break up with them. Then you have to like stay broken up. It's like a new state. It's like yeah. stay broken up. But I was always very good. I've never gone back to a, a girlfriend because I was like, you hated breaking up with them. Yeah. You hated losing 300 pounds. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you, it was you know, not fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. So it's almost like now you're in the, does this make sense? The honoring what you've already done phase. Totally. A hundred percent. And yeah. And, you know, like cheat days, I don't, I don't really do cheat days, but I like fast food is generally off limits 
that's just like you know for me fuck you chicken big mac (laughs) yeah i mean we had that moment there they i don't know if they even have them here they're certainly not advertising like they were Uh, maybe it's a toronto Toronto fucking chicken big mac i want to try that you know there's some part of me that gets really antsy when it's mcrib season and you're like I don't even think I liked that sandwich when it was when I w- could eat it. But I yeah, want Shamrock it. Shake. Shamrock. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They, they know fucking, what they're doing. They, they they're mark going, it so well. It's uh, it's designed um, scarcity, like diamonds. Yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're, oh, we don't have diamonds. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so, you do. so for me, sobriety is some some rules that are absolute for myself, right? And 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 like, I'm envious of my wife who drinks and is never driving home drunk, is never getting into a fight, is never blacked out, is never tripping and twisting her ankle because of alcohol, is never trying to burn her life down, is never sneaking off to the crack house after a couple glasses of wine, right? That's Mm -hmm, not what mm -hmm. she does. And so I have jealousy. And then I see people who I consider alcoholics um, who have said to me at in times like I'm an alcoholic who I've gone like, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. You have a problem. And, <laughs> and then if you were waiting for me to say, nah, right. It's no, no yeah, it's guy. not going to happen. <laughs> and then I've, I've experienced those people saying, I don't have a problem anymore. And I've, I've gone, okay. But in my head, I've gone, I don't know about yeah. that dude. And then watching them drink or use drugs, I'm judgmental of not, openly but i i feel that i feel like that's a dangerous path that person's on um the beer and and wine only path it's just right it's just beer and wine i I could drink a lot of beer dude yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but for with food i have to have you know it's it's a very it's a slightly more complicated because you don't quit eating right i just don't do drugs and i try to stay away from places that the drugs i liked are being taken you know like i'm not opposed to going into a hospital and half the people there are doped up on morphine that's fine um it's not the setting that i would think of as like let's right. get high on heroin or something right so um food, but you stay away from other places where everyone's high on heroin Right. Or yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I. I don't even really like bars. My wife, uh, likes to have alcohol with dinner, which is fine. But like meeting people at a bar to hang out with them, I can do that, and I'm not like risking my sobriety. But it's not really fun for me watching no. people get drunk. No. Um. That's the first you thing know, you notice is you're like, oh you're, no, you're all drunk, and I'm and I'm drinking club soda. But, but okay. also that they're insufferable. That was when right. we met. As I was taking a break from drinking, and you asked me if I was sober. And I was like, oh, interesting. I, I think that might have been one of the first times I considered, oh, yeah, you can just not go you back. Just not, yeah, right. Instead yeah. of like I'm constantly burning it all the way and then taking yeah. a month off. Exactly. Sober October. Okay, come on. Food is tough because we we don't quit eating. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like I have my uh, guardrails, which are things that I don't go beyond, which one is I don't eat in secret. I'm not going to eat if... It's if crazy that you say my that. wife to watch it. I just said to myself, I was like, if you just made a rule, you know, there's there's other things like this. If you just cooked all your meals, you would lose this weight because nobody's like deep frying. Like it's just not, you don't right. have the technology 
to make it as, in fact, I used to have a bit about like, we go to restaurants because we want them to cook for us in a way that we would never do. Exactly. Like more butter. More, like we, if you were doing it. And like, don't tell me eat. about it. I, I don't want to do see it. the calories. Just exactly. Yeah, I Keep it, it behind delicious. closed doors. It's yeah. like you put a hit out on a chicken. I don't want to know. I don't want to yeah. know. Just bring it out when it's done. And then the other, what was I saying? Fuck. What was I saying? Uh, oh, I was like, if I just said, you can't eat alone. Right. Like it would be over because yeah. I'm a social guy. I, like I have functional shame. Yeah. So I'm not going to necessarily, like when, when I was eating those goldfish on set, tell me if this doesn't sound like an alcoholic, it does. Yeah. I would go to Crafty, I'd open one, eat the whole thing at Crafty, take another yeah. one and walk back with that one. This is yeah. the one I'm eating. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't yeah, exactly. see the one I shot like an oyster shooter. <laughs> like, right. That's Michael J. Fox had that sobriety story. It's like you'd go back to the kitchen and fill his wine to the same level. Yeah. Like the the skill and, and the precision of the addict is is pretty interesting. Yeah. And also, like, I don't care if one person sees me shoot the whole bag. Right. Because who cares? And all they know about is that one bag. That's right. That a and bag they, of goldfish. And then the other goldfish, I'm going over here. It's yeah. just it's just working with object permanence. Like, you don't know I'm not bringing this to someone else. Yeah. All of this, it's like mobster stuff. It's like, you, did you see me eat it? Totally. And I didn't eat it. That's me. I did uh, that. To don't eat. Don't eat in secret. Don't eat yeah. alone. Like, yeah. that would help me a lot. Don't eat alone. Yeah, it, it it was alone for me, but then it's going to be tricky for you, Pete, when you're on the road, you're, yeah. you know what I mean? So you, you gotta, you got, but, but like I, the way I get around that is like, would I do what I'm doing in front of Brandy, my wife? Yeah. yeah. It, would this be okay for her to see? Is this, is this something I'm not, I'm not doing it in a sneaky way. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause yeah. I, I have a. I think we put things into categories. And so for me, if I went like, I'm never going to eat alone. And then I found myself traveling for a week alone. At some point I would go, well, I'm going to eat now. And then the guardrails come off and right. then I'm in the crack house. You know, Right. You've gone, you've broken the seal. Yeah. That's real addict stuff too. I'm like, well, I've done this. I might as well do a million other things. That's right. I so already ate the buffalo be, wings. I'm going to order three desserts. Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I be, can I honestly say, it, it, you know, I'm not sneaking into our pantry to, to do tablespoons of peanut butter. Um, if, if I'm that's alone, <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's this, I mean, one. it's wonderful. It's the best. If I'm sitting in Warm a restaurant alone, um, and I'm, and I've positioned myself so nobody else can see I've got my back to them and they're not seeing the waiter put down just too much food in front of me. Would I be willing to turn around and have somebody watch me eat this meal? Yeah. It's, I, I don't like people watching me. I find that I'm, I find it to be, uh, that I eat in a disgusting manner. I think I yeah. eat too fast and, and it's gross. I'm with you. That's that you told that wonderful story. Wonderful. It's a sad story, but the you wonderfully told a vulnerable story on risk, which I really yes. loved. And I told you the part you were trying to score. And the part that I just related to so hard was you're coming up to a red light and you would stop before the other cars because you didn't yeah. want anyone seeing nobody to see me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the voice, right? The 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 voice of my addiction is like, just stick with me. Like, yeah. just stick with me. It's you and me. And it's and, you and me. And it's the reliable. It's dangerous. Other people are dangerous. Yeah. Other people are dangerous. Other people are in the way. They don't understand. And then I, I we already he hinted at this. I have that voice that's like, 
you deserve it. Like you're, it's hard. Life is hard for you. Yeah. And then if you really listen closely, I think it goes like, and we're all going to die. Like you you could die tomorrow. Yeah. You want to eat it? this whole pizza <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> like right but that that goes back to blood in the water it, the way isn't around it the way isn't even the other direction it's through it you have to go like yes i'm gonna die and life is not a pizza no matter what? how many breadsticks spilling out of a bag in slow motion domino shows me we're, we're facing a formidable foe that's yeah. using our wiring to be like yeah, listen to that, the smallest, earliest part of your brain that tells you to eat fat and calories whenever you can. And then they put pop music to it. And yeah. Michael Jordan is drinking a Pepsi. Like it's so it's a wonder more of us and so many of us are struggling with with food. Well, that that's how I got sober. I um I had uh I you know, I w- I would go to bed just about every night pretty convinced I was gonna die in my sleep, but it was a well. It was a kind of a, like a gamble, right? It was a, a, a a toss of the roulette wheel. And, and if, if I, if, if like on a night like tonight, me going to bed equal death, I give myself a, a one number on that roulette, like one in 36, right? Well, when I was doing it was red or black and heavy, it was red or black. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. And I was basically okay with that. And then. I got told I had congestive heart failure and what would happen is my feet would swell and then my legs would swell and then my uh, thighs would swell and then I'd get scared and I, and I didn't, I was not diagnosed. I'd just be like, holy shit, I'm gigantic as it is. And to swell on top of that and not be able to put on pants was crazy. And so I'd Mm. stop doing drugs for a few days and the swelling would go away and I'd go, okay, well, I, I got, I got so accustomed to just getting dope sick every couple of weeks because I had to stop because I wanted to get rid of the swelling. Um, and then I would start doing drugs again and pretty quickly within a week or two, the swelling would start again hmm. and I, it got, it went into my groin and started to get into my abdomen. And I went to a doctor and the doctor said, you have, this is congestive heart failure. And I said, so what do I do to handle this? And, and the doctor said, well, if it was just your feet and legs, you could get off drugs and you could survive, but I'm sorry to tell you, like, you're going to die. Like you have weeks before you die. This is going to keep moving slowly. And when this swelling reaches your heart, your heart can't beat anymore and you die. And, and it was this really weird thing of like, oh, well now I'm really going to die for sure. I might as well get off drugs. And, and I was actually, it was, it was a, just a weird experience of like, I'm going to die. I I should stop doing drugs. (laughs) I should stop doing drugs. It was almost like for, as a human being, I didn't like doing them. I didn't like being a drug addict. And maybe if I know I'm going to die now, I should go out with a little bit of nobility a little bit of honor and that was when i got sober that was like i i went to rehab immediately and yeah. for the third time but on it wasn't people convincing me to go it was me going i need to go to rehab i'm gonna go straighten my shit out like a death scare 
it was a death, but, but it wasn't even a death scare. It was, I, I, I had death scares every night. This was a confirmation that you've got a couple weeks and you're going to die. Wow. Yeah. And you wanted to, don't let me put words in your mouth. You wanted to go out sober. I wanted to go out sober. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to at least go out fighting for something, you know, like not just in this state. That was the mm. first time mm. that I, it wasn't. It wasn't hopeful. Like if you do this, you'll survive. It was, this is the state you're in. And I just felt like I would feel better about myself if I improved my condition a little bit. I'm not super surprised. Again, in my, in my little practice this morning, I, I was thinking about how like the pressure of death is one of the things that can um, spur, spawn, change. It, it, yeah. It's like some people I think, and I think I might be one of them, for the final step, the final like, okay, like no fooling <laughs> comes when the gun is, the metaphorical gun is on your head. Yeah. And you're like, okay, for real, like, what do we really believe? And I think a lot right. of people have deathbed conversions. I think that's like a standard, yeah. meaning a deathbed conversion. I remember, I told this story before, but uh, Roger Ebert, when he died, you know, he lost part of his jaw and, but he was reported to sit up in his bed and and he just looked blissful and said, it's all an elaborate hoax is what he said, meaning reality. Yeah. And he said it, the, the difference between paranoia and enlightenment is so fine sometimes. Sure. All a hoax sounds like paranoia. No, but, but the, I like it. It's, me too. it's beautiful. The joyful, it's all a hoax, meaning it was all a dance or it was all a song or it was all a dream or it was all a play. I was also thinking about this morning, and this pertains to what you were saying, so I'm going to put it back to you, but I've always been attracted to this joke that Daniel Tosh had about the end of the world. Whenever there was a scare, before we really thought the world was ending with COVID and all these things, it, it was a trend that every t six years or so, some church would say, we've interpreted the Bible, the world's going to end, and it would make the papers, and, and I'd be yeah. afraid every single time. And Daniel Tosh had a joke where he goes, it would always be after the fact. And he's like, fuck, we didn't die. Like I was disappointed. And then he goes, I don't want to die. He goes, don't get me wrong. I don't want to die. I want all of us to die. And <laughs> I've, this morning for the first time, I've always just been so incalculably and inexplicably drawn to that joke. Like I don't understand it. Yeah. And I was like, that's because that's, I think that's enlightenment. A personal death or a personal salvation isn't salvation. It, it's no. it's not real. It's all of us. We all have it's, to do it. We all go together and we all wake up and we all go home, whatever language you want to use. And that, I think that's what he said. I think he stumbled into something. I'm going to say accidentally, because most of the time when I stumble onto something profound, it was an accident. I didn't, I didn't reverse engineer it. I think he's saying something profound there that I relates to this. I think he is too. There's actually a wonderful book called The Idea of Decline in Western History by a guy named Arthur Herman. It's a great book and mm. it goes over how this idea repeats itself and we can't really escape it. And it is, it isn't like- What idea? What idea? Decline, the end of the world, uh, existential threat. Like we always think it's happening. Always. Throughout history, there's yeah. always been something that- threatened us all that 
you know, <laughs> but not, not stakes high enough because I think that people are so amazing when it's actually happening. We do change, we do pivot, we do make adjustments, but when, right. when it's just, it's just that there's always been the fear of whether it's the Bible or something yep. else that yep. we're on our way out. And that's blood in the water. That that's to me spirituality. At least where I'm at now is is what we're saying. It's going through the darkness, holding the hand metaphorically of something hopeful, but it's not going around it. It's not everything happens for a reason. It's not God isn't going to give you something you can't handle. I always used to say that, but I was like, you won't be able to handle whatever kills you. Handle, right. but we're using it in the physical realm. We're saying God won't give you something you can't handle. Yeah, I believe that spiritually. Sure. This is a great Jim Finley quote. He goes, I believe in a God that protects me from nothing, but sustains me in everything. Yeah. That's what that means. God won't give you anything you can't handle, spiritually speaking, but physically speaking, every single person in the history of time has been given something they couldn't handle. Their, right. heart, their heart stopped beating. Yeah. What do we do with that? We, we can't have, do anything with it. You, you have to say blood in the water. You have to claim blood in the water. And yeah. that has been a big part of my spirituality is, is owning the darkness, not just rejecting it or, or looking the other way. No, or, and or, find some beauty in it. It can be beautiful too, you know? Yes. Like, and, and it doesn't mean we have to be rooting for some tragedy. I, you know, I like, I, I like the idea of stuff being nice and people being, but also like, okay, when it happens, it can also like, can I find, can I find something beautiful in it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And can this, I would say, can this external thing push me closer to an inner reality that was always there? That's Roger Ebert going, it's all a hoax. Yeah. He's included in that hoax. I, I would bet my 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 bottom dollar that in that revelation he's going what you call roger ebert is part of the hoax yeah you, you know, know i, I mean? didn't i didn't experience uh september 11th i was in i was in rehab and um very early in the morning uh, we saw there was there's one one tv and we're we're out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma, and the TV showed a plane crash into a building. And then very quickly they turned the TV off and said, "Today we're going to spend the day outside, and we're not using the like." It wasn't, um, you know, a plane had crashed into a building before. I I forget when that was, but it seemed like it was Empire that State kind Building. Of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a small um, plane, but yeah, right. Um, and then there were like a few days go by where they're, they're, they 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 didn't let any kind of conspiratorial like you're not to use the phone. It just became more actively outside in the middle of nowhere with no connection to the outside. When I finally got out of rehab and I went to uh, the airport and there was a dude with a machine gun at the airport, mm. I was completely bewildered. Mm. I was perplexed. I didn't understand this. And then people were like, well, it's because, you know, 9-11. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I know that happened now. Mm -hmm. But people experienced something that I just didn't experience. And I think it's awful that that happened. But because I didn't experience it, I can't get to the emotional level that other people have. This, is the, that. this is the younger people on our set, by the way. Yeah. 9-11... And we know this is going to happen because this is what happens. We make, Steve Martin has a joke where he goes, you make jokes as a young comedian about cancer, then your friends start dying and you stop making jokes about cancer. 
these kids don't know 9-11 in the same way we don't know the Great Depression, we don't know World War II, we don't know all these things. Right. That's one of the things. But you were, it's almost like a second life, like a bubble was around around you guys and you didn't Truly. receive the meal. The trauma, the whatever yeah. it is, because for my friends in New York, they went through a war basically they went through something yeah. visceral and 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 it changed them yeah. um and then the and then it seems to have had this major profound and i'm not saying i'm aloof to what happened i know i know what happened and i and i yeah of course and emotionally it's just different. It touches me it just i didn't experience it happening so it's like somebody explaining a car accident to you who was in the car accident we're not, we just, I can't experience the car accident that you had. Right. Right. It becomes a story yeah. and you, you missed out on, but we're, we're sort of back to what we were talking about. It's like these agreed upon realities and I'm not denying those realities, but like narratives are spun, stories are told, like your life is a story. And that's, and that's, again, I see why you thought of that. Roger Ebert is like, I was a story. Yeah. I was an agreed upon and you and I didn't know Roger Ebert. So we right. don't even know what he's talking about. It, it's, but it's, I like what he's talking about. I like what he's talking about too. And having that death before you die, that so that 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 spaciousness, that like this is a hoax, people don't have to be like me. It's not about eliminating all suffering, or as you were saying, all violence. It's not, Jesus said, uh, was quoted to have said, the the poor will always be among you, but I'm only here for a limited time is basically what he's saying. He's like, you should right. talk to me while I'm here because you can't, you won't solve this. Right. And there's, you could say that's defeatist and I'm, I'm all for fixing problems and helping and all that. I, I've been helped and that's good, but there's something about going like, I don't know if the game is to finally tune the earth like a German watch. I right. don't think that happens in a world of duality. That doesn't mean we can't uh, improve, yeah. but in a world where if I'm sitting in this chair, you're not sitting in this chair, right? You can't be sitting in this chair. Well, I, and I know is, we're okay with that, but like, that's the beginning of all of it is yeah. I'm in this chair and you're not in this right. chair. I'm the, breathing this air. You're not breathing this air. I have this coffee. You don't have this coffee. That's what duality is. <laughs> yeah. Please. Ho homelessness is an interesting one. You said you play these, these moral games, you, uh, you qu moral questions. Yeah. Is it immoral to be homeless? I, there's the guilt of the society. That's not housing everybody, but okay. I, I'm with you. I've played this before. If Keep somebody, I've played if this some, before. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody says, I don't want to live in the way that you're living. Now, look, if you come to my house and you say, I want to pitch a tent in your backyard and have a bonfire, I'm going to say no. And yeah. I'm going to take you off my property. <laughs> That's just what I'm going to do because I don't want the bonfire in my backyard <laughs> or a stranger back there, to be right. honest with you. Yeah. But I find nothing immoral about somebody going, I don't want to play the game that you're playing that this society with cars and money and credit cards i'm going to go wander around to me there's nothing immoral about that but then society you know you go to los angeles and it's like no there's you know i think a couple of years ago there was like cholera 
there was an outbreak of cholera because of homeless encampments. And like, and I go like, I understand, but is it just that you want what you want versus they want what they want and who's morally correct and private property. I'm okay with having my house that nobody's allowed to come to and messed with. Right. But what about public property? Everybody owns that. And so is it immoral for somebody to sleep there? I, I don't know, but yeah. the, the, the need to solve it. I understand if you have a bunch of people going like, please give me a house. And then I think Los Angeles raised a billion dollars to give them houses and didn't turn out any houses, which is seems, that true? I think something like that. Maybe it was oh, 600 boy. million. Um, people want houses and want to play the game. I believe in opportunities, but again, morally it becomes very weird. These things that we're solving because they're wrong or right. When I don't know that they're wrong or right. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. This conversation, this whole topic is interesting. I remember watching a documentary where they, they did what I always wanted to do as a child, which was take a unhoused person and give them a house and give and do the thing. Yeah. I guess you could say I have a savior complex, but I do. Like I I I like that idea. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And look, this is just one case, but that person hated it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're like, uh, that's that's exactly. I know it is. The trouble is, and you would concede this, that that's a convenient um that's convenient data for people who don't who would like to continue to step over homeless people you know what well, i mean I, I listen i don't i take no pleasure in stepping over homeless people right i i'm simply saying are we right in considering it to be wrong right Immoral. if it's if it's not if it's if it's fine to be homeless then there's nothing to solve yeah you know it's we're back at that issue People don't have to be like me. So to to step it uh, more comfortably for me, <laughs> not that I'm worried about saying the wrong thing. Maybe I am a little bit, but when I'm talking to my mother and I want her to be a certain way and she keeps touching the edges of my operation game and she keeps buzzing my nose, yeah, it's because I'm torturing myself with thinking this shouldn't be. I haven't right. made friends with reality. I haven't forgiven reality. And so Byron Katie and the work, did we ever talk about Byron Katie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I'm a fan of hers. I love her so much. I would say, um, my mom needs to understand me. She would say, is that true? And that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's wrong that this, let's just take one person. It's wrong that this person is sleeping in the park. Is that true? This person doesn't want to be sleeping in the park. Is that true? It, it just, what it does is, and what people don't like about it, is it removes all all certainty. <laughs> and yeah. we love our certainty. And we'll actually rather suffer than than be free in yeah. a lot of... We'd rather suffer and be certain than be free and uncertain, I think it is uh, yeah. what we're I doing. I can't even absolutely figure out what is certain for myself. Yeah, that's right let alone know what is certain for anybody else. But this touches me because, meaning I like that softness in your in your heart because, and I'm not putting down my dad. I just, I see my dad wanting people in my family to be like him. And I remember saying to him, I was like, 
kind of what we're saying. I'm like, that, that what you do, which is win, and real estate wins and business wins, and you look like a success and you are a success. You, that makes you happy. We could we could pause there. <laughs> we could sure. unpack that. Yeah. But it's not fair to assume that that would make this person happy. And he wouldn't concede that. And that's okay. I can, uh, look, big man, Pete, I can forgive that. But I can, I can not only forgive it, I can understand it. But what is so attractive to me, especially uh, someone who's done so much work to be strong, to also yeah. go like, I don't know what I'm doing on a daily basis. I have to call it into question. I have to take an inventory of it. Is this working? Is do I do I still want to do the podcast? Is stand up right for me? Act was that right? Like, am I happy? Like, like I have moments. Like I said, I feel everything every day. But I can't go around and say to people, "You should become a famous comedian. You should start right. a podcast. You should like." I'm just doing an experiment every yeah. day. <laughs> you know the biggest. Um in my adult life, you know, I kind of struggled with sobriety and my weight as a kid. And then I started and then I got sober and that was a battle that I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a win lose, but I, I'm not actively losing that battle today. Yeah. Right. I've got the momentum. And then I started working on weight 20 years ago. And this whole time I'm figuring out I'm trying to figure out or touch what is more correct for me. And all it is, is a harmony where I feel that I'm in maybe a slipstream, you know, you, you could have a big pool of water and there could be currents that are going at different directions and one's taking you into the rocks and one's taking you towards wherever you're trying to get to. And, and when I get into that lane, I feel it. Mm. One of the things that I, wanted so badly with my kids was to not put restrictions on food and alcohol and drugs because there were nothing but restrictions for me growing mm. up and i felt that i i don't think that's um the totality of the issues that i developed but i feel like it was a partial contributor yeah and ethan do you want what's in my hand <laughs> right you know yeah. what i mean like yeah kind of right it's 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 part you of can't it. have yeah. this <laughs> exactly i've got it and you can't have you it you can't have it uh, and then i had a kid uh who at four got type one diabetes which is juvenile diabetes it's immediately insulin dependent um you know and and suddenly i found myself in a position with my child saying, this is how it must be. Mm. You must, uh, we must count your carbohydrates. We must give you a shot for every one of them. And, and it was a struggle because I, I set up these boundaries on her that for the longest time remained very rigid. And then this fucking chick goes away to boarding school and her her blood sugar levels are all over the place and it drove me truly insane because it, hmm. we would get notifications on our phones um and i actually had this conversation with byron katie hmm. and and she asked me is that true i said i just need my daughter to have a pro i need to, her to be responsible for her blood sugar and she said is that true and i had to think about that for a while hmm. and uh i it 
it's not true. Yeah. Um, and the minute I was able to go, I've done the job I could do. And she's not a little kid anymore. She's, she's now this, this person's now 18 years old and she's going to have to figure out what she wants out of life at some point. All that me stressing out about it does is fuck up my life. Yeah. Yep. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't take away any of my love for her or compassion or empathy for her to really try and go. I'm going to give her a little space with this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Katie is as fierce as reality yeah. and that's what makes her so appealing. And that's also what makes her so terrifying to people. Cause I've seen her do that sort of thing with like, um, like somebody dying and it's like, yeah. I can't live without them. And it's like, is that true? And it's like right. really, really rough. Yeah. Some people to hear things like it's not romantic. No. It's not very dignified. It's post-apocalyptic. It's fucking nature, dude. It's nature. That's what I yeah. mean. And she goes, reality wins, but only every time. <laughs> and she's like, your resistance to what is, is driving you insane. Yeah. And like, she's such a high level that it's like, if somebody wants to leave her, she's like, let me help you pack. Right. Like I'm not, and that, but here's the thing. That's not just a person that has their physical needs met. That goes back to that Jim Finley quote, a God, you could substitute a different word there, an inner strength, a, a source that sustains me in everything and protects me from nothing. Yeah. But you have to, you have to own the blood and the water. Sometimes your partner leaves. Sometimes your daughter gets type one diabetes. And it's like, where can we loosen the grip? But even right. as you say that, like human beings, we're grip maniacs. Oh we no, even as I say it, grip. I feel myself, I feel my own grip, which I've really given a lot of space to. It's it comes back in yeah. my mind, in my yeah. I can feel it. It's a it's in my skin, you know. Yeah. Um, and and then I have to take deep breaths and wash it away and go like, we're all better off if I leave this alone. Yeah. She's she's actually better off. If I leave her alone, you know, the, the perhaps story, uh -uh. Uh, I'll tell it so briefly. Cause I've told it probably a thousand times guys house burns down. Everybody goes, what's a tra what a tragedy. And he goes, perhaps because in the rubble, they find a box and it's filled with gold and they go, what a, what a mitzvah, how great. And he goes, perhaps then the gangster that buried the gold comes and kills his family. You know, like you can <laughs> right. keep doing it. Yeah. You wouldn't do it with that. That's you wouldn't say perhaps you, you have to do it with things that are ambiguous. Your daughter no, said, but I think diabetes, look, what a tragedy, perhaps you're like, is this, did you get everything you've ever valued from adversity from some fucking exactly. thing going away? I just talked to the guy here in, in Ohio. Air pizza is the best pizza in the world is incredible. It's better than New York. Anyway, he's like, yeah, I was kneading the dough myself. I hurt my hand and then I had to buy this machine and the machine is helping me make it as good as it is. And it was like, right. And I go, that was this morning. I go, isn't that just how life works? Yet we resist it. We, every turn we kick and scream and say, not this time, this time we want inhale and no exhale. Yeah. Is it possible that overcoming this lead it's perhaps because it's perhaps with, can we see something beautiful in the rubble of a, of a city yes. that got bombed? Right. You know what I mean? It's the right. same thing. If we're not, and it did, 
Well, that's our fucking tragic loss because now we're just pessimists and miserable. Right. Right. That's if right. We can't find something beautiful at all times with reality, with right. what is. Right. I think we're losing. You hear those stories uh, of concentrate people in concentration camps having religious experiences. Yeah. And and look, I'm not here to tell anybody how to deal with anything horrible. I'm saying there are people that told wrote these things down, the stories of like the worst possible situations. I mean, what that's being sustained. And yeah. I think that's what Katie's talking about. When she did my podcast, I was like, what about the kids in cages? You, you say everybody's okay. Yeah. You go, I don't worry about anybody because I know everybody's okay. I'm like, what about the kids being separated at the border and they're in cages? She goes, I'll, I'll protest, I'll, I'll petition, I'll this, but I'll also know they're okay. And you're right. like, whoa, this is... This is someone who really believes that the 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 uh, metric for okayness actually isn't your physical <laughs> surroundings, right? And that's the story of Jesus too. He's okay on the cross. I'm sorry to keep using Christian stuff, but that's the story. It's like you can kill my body. He's okay. Because- By the way, that doesn't happen. You got no Christianity. Yeah, that's that's so right. like that's perhaps let's fucking perhaps the crucifixion. You yeah, know that's I mean? right. Oh man, they killed our savior. What a bummer. There's some guy goes, perhaps, perhaps. then they kill <laughs> right. they kill him. They definitely kill that. They kill him <laughs> back but, in those days. But he but he was right. Yeah, he, he was, was right. right. It's yeah. perhaps. Okay, we're almost out of time. You've I, I could talk to you forever. I've written down so many things. I wrote down naming a fish, Eckhart Tolle and the power of now. You'll just enjoy this. He's yeah. like we think things are tragedies. Um, I'm not talking about the big ones. Let's keep it in the in the shallow end here. Sure. But he's like, just life and death, blood in the water. He yeah. goes, you. Uh, he goes, a goldfish dies, and you go, yeah, that's what happens. You make peace with that. You go, like goldfish die, right? And he goes, but what if I name the goldfish? <laughs> what if I print out a little piece of paper with his name and his parents' name and the day and the time he was born? And what if I like his house? I give him a deed to his little goldfish. <laughs> and he was like, that's Roger Ebert going. It's all a hoax. You've never not been in the place called here. You've never not been in the place in the time called now, which means there is no here. There is no now. Time and space is a story. You and me, separation is a story. And and when we're lucky, if we get to the place where we can go, like, like I hear it in what you're saying, don't worry about other people. It's all it's all happening inside of you. And, and, the, and the gift is that there's some control. It's not right. really weight loss and it's not really muscles. It's, I think why people are interested in your story is because we know that we can talk about all the surrender and out the, uh, with the other hand, we can have all the surrender and with the other hand, we can go. And I think I might be creating my reality. You right. know what I mean? Even it was, I was, life was happening to me. And now I am life. And yeah. that's all that's all it was. And I, and again, I I would never try to convince somebody that they also had to right. experience because you were converted. Way. You had a yeah. conversion. There's spiral dynamic. Do you know spiral dynamics by any chance? Uh-uh. It's the colors of where you are in your consciousness. It's a simple way of understanding it. And purple is um, tribal and superstitious, and it's very like the world happens to me. And red is I happen to the world. It, it's actually early on the on the spectrum, meaning it's not the only transformation we have, 
but it's an important one. And Breaking Bad, I always say Breaking Bad is purple to red. Hip hop is purple to red. Ethan yeah. Supli is purple to red. Yeah. And we love purple to red. It's why origin stories are almost always better than just like, and then the next bad guy they fought. It's like, fucking who cares? <laughs> right. We love seeing the disempowered life happens to me. I'm broken. I can't change it. Nothing happens. And then you do the thing, you tie your shoes, you take that one breath, you go for that one walk or whatever it is. That's actually what we like. We just yeah. happen to be living in this three-dimensional universe where like certain mindsets manifest in certain shapes. Sure. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. not to say that you can't be a heavy person and be brilliant and enlightened and alive and free. But in this case, the shape that it took was was fitness. And yeah. I see it with other people in other shapes and other sizes, other colors, other other things. But it's all, we love the purple to red. Yeah. I'm I, I I'm very happy with it. There, there there's times where my wife is like, get really into business, and I'm just don't have any interest. <laughs> when people go accumulate real wealth, I'm like, yeah. you know uh, what? Having enough money seems pretty good. You right. know what I mean? Like that's yeah. can't we just right. is that like why do we're, we have to like have an empire? We're not hungry, and my knees don't hurt as much as they used to. That's do right. you really need any more than this? If you move the carrot. Onto a longer stick, man. The, you, you, you know what I mean? Mark Zuckerberg is somewhere going like, but how do I get back on top? You know what right. I mean? And you're like, buddy. Yeah. Those, those, those years I was, I was barbecuing I was the king. on the surfboard. I ruled the world. <laughs> and that, I mean, fucking forget it. All right. We didn't get to every, I mean, so many things. It's great. It doesn't matter. Meaning, you, the te the health tips you've given me, they're just going to come out. And you yeah. can listen to me on American Glutton. We talked about a lot of them. Yeah. I'm glad we had the conversation we had. I'm really just trying to compliment you and say I could talk to you forever. I love you, Pete. You're a wonderful I, guy. I love you too, man. I really do. And and thank you for being a symbol in my consciousness. I, I, I'm, I'm going to work out today. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's great. But it's the biggest compliment. And And all I hear in my own head, just so you know, is you're not worthy of this. Yeah, I'm not worthy of this position. Right. right. There's you know, and I'm I'm going like no, I'm I can have Yeah. yeah. Claim it. It's okay. Yeah. It's not it's not going to shrivel you up like the wrong chalice. No. No, no. <laughs> certainly not. Um can you tell me this is the last question a time in your life you laughed really 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 hard. It doesn't have to be a great story. Uh -huh. I'm just wondering if your belly hurts and you're crying you might have been a kid. Somebody might have fallen. It's often somebody falling or farting. Sure. Um, maybe with great friends, maybe with your wife. It doesn't matter. I'm just looking for where that question takes you. No wrong answers. The 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 thing I um, immediately think about is how much joy my wife and children get out of me falling. <laughs> <laughs> yes which will then lead to me laughing also so yes. we uh we have a dock and we're on a canal in florida and my wife bought paddle boards which we never used because <laughs> yes. because you don't use the things you buy and so one yes. day me and the kids decided to try them out in the pool which is 20 feet from the dock and if we can <laughs> do them in the pool we can do them in the canal and uh the kids are pro paddle boarders, but I, of course, really struggle <laughs> and I'm nearly killing myself by falling off because it's in a pool. 
And my wife and kids laughed so hard that at one point I was in the pool getting close to drowning because I was <laughs> laughing so hard at my, at them laughing at me yes. that I couldn't stay above water. And that's wow. what I think of. You almost died. And that's one of those deaths you'd be like, I mean, it was, it was worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, look, none of us want to, but every once in a while I'd been like, that would have been a pretty okay moment. Like yeah. it's the question, talk about an ethical question. Do you want to die when you're up or when you're down? Do you I want to be looked, like so happy and like suddenly you die? Or do you want to be like, this fucking sucks. Get me out of here. I have one other dying laughing. And this is the yeah. second hardest I've ever laughed. Me, this is 30 years ago in New York. Um, I have a buddy who loves plays. So whenever I'm in New York with him, he's always like, we're going to see these four plays and we go to see plays. And one of them was in a smaller theater. Oh no. <laughs> and it was, you oh, know, no. like there's no, there's, there, there's only two aisles on either end. The, the seats aren't split down the middle. Like that's how small it is. Two people on stage, very, very serious. And I'm high as a kite on heroin and <laughs> oh, probably no. nodding off. Heroin um, giggles. <laughs> her well, it got, it, it the, uh, uh, an older gentleman in front of us shot out of his chair at, in the middle of the play and then ripped a huge fart huh. and then made his way out of oh, the no. theater. Oh no. I, we all assumed he was going to take a shit. I mean, it was so loud. The people on stage for sure heard him and me and my friends could not pull it together. We laughed so hard. And this play was like, about relationships and oh. men leave, women leaving men and like it was somber and this turned it into a comedy for us he he got a direct order yes to oh. shit yes and then he stood up yes he was like yes sir he tried to give the body what it wanted so yep. that the body wouldn't embarrass him and the body yep. was still like we're past that point fuck man. you you should have <laughs> done this before yeah <laughs> val and i were just laughing i love that story so much has there ever been a fart that was beautiful? Like if you didn't know it was a fart, it was just like a haunting, like a. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, there's For been sure. one. There's yeah. been one. But yeah. if you didn't know it was a fart, you'd wipe away a tear and be like. Yeah, it hits a note that makes you think of like tranquil birds in a sunset. So like anything, anything that's pitched can make yeah. you cry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was one of the best. I mean, you gave us two. I'll never forget a man shooting up, then farting, then yeah. going. That's pretty good. Did your friend know you were on heroin? Was he also on heroin? He was not on heroin. Um, I believe I got uh, um, an intervention at the end of that trip. Uh, um, he's like, but, look, plays are already pretty sleepy. You don't need yeah. to go in on heroin. <laughs> yeah. No, my friends were all very much against the, uh, the drugs. And I had a number of interventions and again, to, I think, um, Byron Katie's advice of like, I was, I was okay until I wasn't okay for myself and decided right. I needed to change. You, you know? Right. You needed that conversion. Yeah. Other people saw it first. Yeah. Yeah. This was great, man. We thank you so much. Thank you, Pete. It's it's a rare guest that can do a Zoom one. But I knew when we did the pod in, in Toronto, I was like, Yeah, Ethan, it's a compliment. Ethan's Zoom interesting. Not a lot of people. I'm gonna do it over Zoom. Yeah, we pulled but it off. We definitely pulled it off. I think people listening on audio will be surprised to find out here that it's Zoom. Unbelievable. You're incredible. Thank you. Listen, thank everybody, you. listen to American Glutton, your podcast. Yeah. 
and the end here, would you say keep it crispy? It's just how we wrap up. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Very nice. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon, Pete. Okay, Ethan. Thanks, pal. Enjoy Thank your day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.